Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm um alive. Don't don't get COVID, kids. Don't don't. That's I'm a, I'm alive. Um, also I am Christian, but I'm also alive. Uh, we did not plan this break. You know, I know we always. I think it's a, the free space on the bingo card. Is it's been it's a while since the last episode. This was not um planned. Yeah, it was not. Um, but I am alive. You know, vaccines work. But you know what? I think it, I th- I think I think it worked out in a way that works. Like it's it just like you know it's we un- we didn't plan it. But just like we get to talk about Halo Infinite, like this podcast is just gonna be Halo Infinite. By the way, like we're literally like this is the Halo episode. Like just we like we have been waiting to do this episode for six fucking years. So let's go. Like when when was Halo Five? Like I, I was nineteen when Halo Five came. Oh out. Jesus Christ! Uh, six years ago. Like honestly, like I was like what. 22 like bro. i think you bought an xbox uh, for halo 5 and I, bought I bought an, an xbox, xbox one, one for it, for it. Yeah. i bought an xbox one uh i bought an xbox one for master chief collection and for halo 5 and bro uh i've been waiting a long time for a good halo game uh and it is here and we're here to talk about it so i think we're gonna start by dunking on what? spotify of course we're gonna dunk on <laughs> spotify a little bit before we get into like the multiplayer stuff we're going to talk about a multiplayer first and do we do campaign after because I have a lot of thoughts about the campaign, uh, but, but we get the multiplayer out of the way first. So the first thing, uh, there is, I, uh, so, so sort of for context for Halo 5's marketing campaign, sort of the lead up to the game, there was, uh, a podcast sort of, they, they're doing like, I mean, Halo is a transmedia franchise at this point, has been for a while. So and they, for, for Halo 5, they did this podcast series called Hunt the Truth, which was like, a radio show, right? Like it was like in the format of a radio show, like interviews, right? Like like a radio drama, basically. So what what they were uh, basically it was leading up to the plot of Halo Five, which Guardians, which if I can remember, it's been a while, was you know like these Guardians erupting from planets and planets being destroyed. So it was like in universe audio logs of like uh, um, eruptions happening, you know, planets being destroyed and people trying to figure it out. And it was basically one person going to multiple planets and going through, you know you know sort of experiencing in real time and then um they've done this something similar in prior halo games as well where in do you remember halo 3 odst the the girl the logs in, in new mombasa when you go around and explore right you can basically get like um audio logs in game of this girl like trying to escape while the covenants are trying to glass the city oh i don't remember this actually but the, the, like that i'm not surprised by this this is like halo has been a transmedia franchise so they keep doing this kind of sort of in and I think Halo 2 had like an ERG, right? Like one of the games had an ERG. Yeah, yeah so they, they do something uh, all the time. But the so thing is, always, it's really I mean, it's good, very though. Cool. That's yeah. the thing. It's Hunt really the good. Truth was very, Hunt very the, okay, good. Okay, look, let me, let me say something. Hunt the Truth was better than anything in the, sto- in the story of Halo 5 Guardians. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. That is not a hot take. I, you, know, you, you know you agree with me. Like, it is not a hot take that, like, the more cohesive story was in the fucking podcast that they did as a marketing thing before the game came out. Because Halo Five was uh, a mess. I'm not going to talk about Halo Five more because I think it's it's in the past. Like what happened happened. Whatever reason there was, they were trying something new. It didn't really work. Uh, that happens sometimes. So let's 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 like get on with it. So there's there's they did a new podcast for for Halo Infinite. Uh, but the problem is the problem is none of both of us haven't heard this podcast. Because it is a Spotify exclusive podcast, which, uh, which 
I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna not, not gonna dunk on anybody on Halo if it's marketing team, like take the money, whatever, dude, like I don't care. Uh, but Spotify, bro, like I, I just fuck, fuck Spotify, first of all. So, you know, that, that's, that's all I gotta say. Like fuck Spotify, fuck their exclusive podcast nonsense. Uh, so. So here's a description too of what this is. Um, Basically, a lone secret agent from the Office of Naval Intelligence is sent on a mission to relay critical intel to the Master Chief. There's just one catch. Every seven hours, her memory resets. Now she must take a perilous journey through closely monitored space, desperate to learn what she can about her own past and also about the Master Chief. Through the help of an AI companion and battlefield reports of others who have encountered the hero, she pieces together just how important her task may be. That's a pretty good premise. That's a pretty good, like... That's pretty good. Like I, I don't like. I honestly, this is one of those things. Like I, 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 I'm not like too worried about not missing out on it. Like these are always like ancillary, like sort of little bits of lore for law, like world building purposes. So it's not like a big deal if you don't listen to these. So I'm not too worried about missing out on this. So you know, but you know, fuck Spotify. Uh, uh, the multiplayer for this game came out before the uh, like a month a month. Uh, ago basically like a month ago from from the release of the of the campaign uh and i think both of us agree on this that the campaign is not sorry the multiplayer is just like it's just a return to form for the series like it's just they borrowed from old halo games they borrowed from some of the newer concepts from halo 5 that they had that were really good halo 5's multiplayer was actually quite good uh so so how like what are your thoughts like before I get into it like what are you feeling So with regards to the the multiplayer here now I, there's been a joke right the the joke that I've always been making for the past many years is I only play multiplayer in Destiny because there's nothing better right because it's either you support Activision Blizzard and play Call of Duty which even if Activision Blizzard wasn't shit it's Call of Duty's multiplayer is just it, it's too twitchy. It's not fun for me. It is not the kind of shooter I want to play. No, it's it's like McDonald's. It's like eating it's like eating McDonald's. You know, like it's just kind of black. Uh, right, and and so, but with regards to Destiny's, Destiny's been a mild bit of Halo. Right, it's like you you get like a taste of it, and you're like, this could be this if y'all stop fucking up. Right, like it could be this, but it's not. And I still hold that Halo Five multiplayer before Halo Infinite came out probably the best multiplayer of any camp or any like console shooter pc is a little different like any console shooter like outside of maybe rainbow six siege and, and those sorts of games for just straight arena sort of a, a shooter and with infinite they they took the great parts of halo 5 and they it just it feels great it's fun it piece the thing about halo 5 was that it always had a curve where you had to get really good if you and you play a bunch to be able to like master all the abilities. I felt like Halo Five multiplayer aired more towards on the size of, or side of being super hardcore. But I feel like Infinite has a better with how the abilities work and sort of how the the control schemes are laid out. It is far more easier for someone to get into, but it still has that ramp for mastering it. And I've really been enjoying it. Absolutely, I, yeah, and I think that's the key, right? Like it. I, like all the abilities are given to like ability spawn on the map, right? Like you pick them up, uh, and they're all very fun to use and have different like 
tactical advantages that he can like use. Like you can use them to like turn fights, basically. Like it's very cool. Uh, and there's and there's a lot of depth in them. Like you can use those like sort of abilities. Use movement. Use the radar. Use like a power a power ups like the like the overshield, right? Overshield or camouflage. Like you know are there. So and it's like power weapons obviously are also on the map, right? So you like it's a, there's a lot of strategic depth in like in these in this sort of modes. Uh, and like I think one of the sort of the few things that are like sort of the complaints that are coming into this like sort of like the early days of the is was the was the progression, right? I think that we I think it's worth talking about the progression in this one because it is different from anything Halo has done. I don't think Halo Five had a battle pass, right? No, they had rec packs. Remember that whole rec pack system? And I think I need to say up front just just before you dunk on me, I did once upon a time. I was nineteen. Spent a hundred dollars in rec packs. Don't don't judge me. Oh yeah, I can't I can't I can't dunk Hardy for that because like I'm pretty sure I've spent like fifty or fifty or so dollars on Overwatch loot boxes back when the game came out. So you know, like it's 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 all good. Like we we it's all fine. Uh, so rec packs was the system. So it was not really a battle pass, but it was sort of like you know a little bit like a it was a loot pass. box system. Rec packs were it they were literally loot boxes. Loot boxes. Loot boxes. So in this in this new one. Uh, it's it's not a loot box system. There's no loot boxes. Uh, it is a battle pass based progression system. And the, and the second thing coming with that is that the Hell Infinite multiplayer is free to play. So the business model has like changed like drastically. Basically, it's like it's for the first time in Halo's franchise history, the multiplayer is free to play and not like something you have to buy. Uh, and that changes the sort of the mortization like angle of this. And like, so we have a battle pass system. You have them. You like if you have played a game with a battle pass, you know what I'm talking about already. So you have a progression system there. You level up to the battle pass, and you get XP. You get items from the battle pass, right? There's a free items that you can get if you don't have the battle pass, and there's items that you can get only if you have the battle pass. Right? Uh, so one of the big sort of criticisms was that the XP per XP gain per match was way, way too slow at the beginning, right? Like, it was just extremely grindy. You'd get, like, 50 XP to to level up after every match. Or and it's, like, a thousand was, to go one rank. It's a thousand XP to, like, level up. And I was just like, what is this? The, 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 I think it was 314 did. I don't, like, I felt like 343 went into this. They're like, I don't I don't know what they were thinking because it feels like they, they designed a battle pass without... Like they knew the concept, but they didn't really get like how to like pace it, pace the progression. And they were like, "Oh, oh, nobody likes this. Actually, nobody likes when the battle pass is really grindy." Right? Everybody was complaining about. Like, I know Apex Legends players complained that the battle pass is too grindy, right? Uh, but this was even worse than what Apex Legends battle pass issues. So, like, it was. I think, but they have. Uh, sort of fixed. I mean, it, it's it's kind of fixed, right? Like it's like now you get like what well, like. For the first six matches, you get like like a bunch of XP, right? And then you still get more XP per match now uh, than before. And the sort of the daily challenges that you that give you XP as well sort of like give you a little bit more or are like easier to get. Like so the so they are definitely working on the formula there, but you know it's a work in progress still for sure. Right, and the thing about it is they've said too they're like you know. These fixes they've done so far to, to speed up XP buffs are just temporary ones. So before, while they get like a full game update out for it, 
Like they're basically like, you know, hey, studio's going slow because it's the holidays, so we're gonna twist these dials up. These are easy things we can do right now, and then you know, once we, you know, we're gonna start patching the game to change how the battle pass works. So it isn't just all they're doing, but I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that it is a, uh, it's, it's real grindy right now. But at the same time, it, well, it, Jesus, I was about to say it's only cosmetics. It's never only cosmetics, but. <laughs> The battle pass does not affect gameplay. There are nothing in in this pass that would give you gameplay advantages. It is cosmetic mostly, but the you know even though it's only cosmetic, that's um me uh, me and Static are old men who don't care about uh cosmetics and games. But I know for a lot of younger people, that's not true. Hold up, hold up. No, no, no. I care about cosmetics and games. Actually, I do care quite a bit. Uh, but not. A lot. I mean, I care a little bit, but uh, not, not. But not enough to, to get upset about it the way some other folks are. And because I feel like there's a there's a generational split. You see, especially on like the there's a generation. I think there was an article about this, right? I think I think I think you like sent me an article about this. Yeah, Gene Gene uh, Park in the Washington Post. I think I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So I was like, there's a generational gap where people who played games before battle passes became. Like uh, shooters who play shooter games like this, like Halo, before uh, before battle passes were, co- were extremely common, like ba- like like progression mechanic. Do not like just like I think our expectations of what progress is and what what progression means and what in like what enjoyment of the game means is different generationally than people who grew up playing games with battle passes. I think that's just fundamental. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a, like I'm not using it as like a derogatory way, like the, you know, generational differences or whatever. But like, it's a real difference. I feel like I do not like. I know the progression system is slow, and it affects me a little bit. Like, it do, it's not like I'm immune to the the progression mechanic like getting in my head right like i'm like well i'm getting so little xp like what's the point of this so you know I, it gets in my head because obviously i've been playing games with battle passes for a while it's because all games now have battle passes if you play a multiplayer game these days it has a battle pass so like all these games have battle pass so i'm like used to it and it sort of affects me anyway but not as much as other people who get really really frustrated like if they're not progressing in the battle pass system they feel like they're not making any progress and they feel like their effort playing the game is worth nothing which which to me is not the case like i still feel like it's it obviously could be improved but i'm still enjoying playing the game just because the guns feel good to shoot or the movement feels good and then like the clothes sort of capture the flag matches are extremely fucking good so like i'm not i'm not particularly bothered no, definitely. I I think the way you're mentioning with um some of the capture the flag stuff is it's the the thing I'm loving here the amount of sick plays you can get. So I think the example I think you posted on Mastodon, but um the examples we had one match where basically it was capture the flag and and I was just fucking around. Saying, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna go do I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the middle path. It's the clutch path. We did that shit three times straight, right? We won the match by just me. Me and him just walked. <laughs> he just walked through middle of the map, and no one, no one tried to stop us. It was wild. It was okay. So for people who have played Infinite, it's the Behemoth map. This is the so the desert map. It's a it's a big map. It's long and has sort of three lanes, uh, and the middle lane is like that goes like underground. So 
So it's like a, it should have sheltered from like outside fire. So that it's like the enemy was just not like very like they're not playing like defense at all properly. So it was just easy. But I think we had a we had like some intense matches. I think the last match we played on that day was like a match where it was really close. It was like two two or something like that, right? Like a two one, and like it was you were playing offense, right? You were at the flag, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna intercept the intercept the enemy flag carrier and i see the enemy flag carrier coming to he's already weak his shields are gone uh and i kill, i finish him up and i stand in a stand behind the wall to let my shield regen and the person who was escorting him comes past me he doesn't see me like because i'm like he goes past the doorway he doesn't see me and i hit him with the back melee and he dies in one back melee shot and and then I return a flag, and then you score, right? Like I, that, that. <laughs> because I was, I was crouching by the by. For people who don't know how capture flag works in Halo, if the enemy team has the flag, you can't capture, right? Your flag needs to be back at your base. So they both, we both had each other's flag. I had their flag, they had ours. You were going after that flag carrier, so I had our flag, and I'm basically like I'm in a corner, right? Because if I get spotted, you know, you get pop up on the map. Like it, it tells everyone where you're at. So I'm hiding in a corner and. It's right by where I could capture, and I'm just like, dude, just take him out. <laughs> like, bro, we're gonna win this. If you take this out, all I have to do is jump. <laughs> yeah, I. That was like, it felt a moment of like, like it was just like everything happened sort of in a matter of seconds, but it all felt incredible. Like everything, sort of the pieces moved into place, and the guy just ran past me. He didn't see me. Like it was just kind of a miracle, really. He didn't notice me. I was standing still, so there I would have been making no noise, right? So I was just standing there and he didn't hear me or anything. And he just ran past me and I hit him in the back. And that was it. Like that was, that was the end of the match. And that's like an experience. I've had like a lot of good, like capture the flag experiences in, in this game. Capture the flag is one of my favorite, like most favorite game modes in Halo. Like Halo, like from back the, back in the Halo one days playing capture the flag on maps like, uh, Blood Gulch, right? Um, just pure chaos using warthogs, you know, vehicles, ghosts. Like it's just, it was, it's just pure chaos, and it's, it's just as fun as it was back then as it is now. Uh, Capture the flag is, is very good. Some of the other objective game modes, though, I have a little bit of. Uh, I think the tweaking the playlist. Well, let's just, um, so. let's just say it. Fuck oddball, okay. <laughs> okay, oddball. Yeah, oddball. I think the problem with oddball is that if you don't have a team that understands how to play oddball you're gonna lose like it's just straight up like it's it's like i some people play this play this game who don't understand how oddball works and what are you supposed to be doing is it supposed to be like some you have to somebody carries the skull and like you're supposed to like protect that person and sort of rotate the skull around and just sort of play defense more than offense right so it's like some people really don't understand how to play the objective which is uh which is just a problem in, in public matchmaking. It's just, it's just if you play objective-based game modes in a video game these days, uh, it's just a problem that some people don't want to play or don't really understand how to play the objective. Uh, at least with Capture the Flag, it's simpler, so people understand what you have to do. But with Oddball, it feels like people don't really get confused as to what what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and and I think the thing is too is right now it really is. It's just two playlists, right? It's ranked. You know, and then which includes Slayer and objective modes and then just quick play that has the same. Um, there's 
Because not every, I mean, I'll do objectives sometimes, but there are sometimes where I just want Slayer or specifically, and this is where you go to get good free for all, right? Like the fact that this game did not ship with a free for all mode is upsetting because it's like, it's where you, I obviously free for all is not for everyone because it's, it's always going to be sweaty because it's just you versus like eight other people. But I feel like free for all is where you go to learn how, like you learn maps there, you learn like sight lines and all of that because it is just no team there. But Right, you're you're dependent on yourself, so you, you're forced to learn the map. You're forced to switch weapons. You're forced to understand where weapon drops are. You're like you're forced to understand everything without the, the aid of teammates assisting you. So it's it's it's, it's really like a sort of bears everything, and it's like how are you feeling about the ranked? I think so. Like speaking of like competitive sort of sweaty game modes, like how are you feeling about the? I haven't touched the ranked mode yet. I don't know if I want to, to be honest. Like, I don't know if I want to get into the ranked mode personally because I'm just chilling. Like, I'm just playing this like it's chill. But like, how are you feeling about ranked? I think rank is ranked is good. I like the um sort of you know you no know, radars the changes they make there. It it is sweaty. It's fun. Um, I ranked gold five. Um, trying to work my way up to like platinum, which I used to rank in like diamond and halo five. So it'll probably Halo is the one game I'm good at. I'm bad at all other games, but Halo. But that's yeah. You know what? Go like I. I can see that you can absolutely get there. Like honestly, like just I think you have to keep grinding on it. Like, but like for sure. But it's crossplay, and and I don't. I mean, fuck PC people, of course. But more importantly, this game has a cheating problem right now, as all PC games do. And I would. And while you can limit ranked by input. You cannot limit it by platform, right? So you can make it controller only, keyboard and mouse only, right? You can do that for ranked, but you cannot go ahead and make it um, Xbox console only. And, and honestly, I kind of wish it, we could turn off crossplay for ranked just for the fact of that when you do get someone who's obviously using an aimbot, it's just, it ruins the whole match, right? No, no, yeah, I understand. No, absolutely. It's always not fun when there's a cheater in the game because it's just... It's just like, why am I even here? Like, what's the point of this, right? Like, it just feels like nonsense. Like, it's like, I, I don't, yeah, they, they, they're aware of the cheating problem and it is being worked on. Uh, but the game is in stasis mode a little bit right now because it is indeed December and it is time for the development team of 342 to take a well earned rest for sure. It's been a long development cycle. So, you know, I can't blame them for, you know, taking the month off. You know, that's, that's perfectly fine uh so yeah so yeah i think maybe should, should we talk next or do you have anything more to say multiplayer let me talk about jason Schreier's report on how this game was made i think yeah that's I, I, I actually haven't read this so i'm gonna like like rely on you to like sort of summarize this for me like so what it what, like this was sort of about the development cycle of halo infinite which was uh messy uh to say the least so. Right. And, and I think the first thing I, I want to start with is actually how Microsoft works. So because of an existing labor complaint, Microsoft can only, if you're a contractor at Microsoft, to quote unquote prevent abuse, you're only allowed to be a contractor for 18 months. Now, as most modern game studios do, because why would you hire staff? The 343 relies on contractors. And then you have a problem of someone comes on for the project no game is going to be made in 18 months. So you have the contractors cycling in and out during the development process because of Microsoft's existing anti-labor rule. And in of itself, those contractors are probably also being treated poorly because they're contractors. And that's how the video game industry works. And that that's sort of setting the stage with it. But they also, they had to get off the old engine from um, Halo 5. Because it was like basically a mangled version of Bungie's old engine, which is like almost 20 years old, right? And so they were like, it, 
the they had they did the thing where you make a new engine and you try and make a new game at the same time. Which honestly, I I'm not opposed to making a new engine if you you know speeds up development for the future, right? Like having good technical foundation is always good because I don't think anyone at three four three wanted to repeat the the Master Chief Collection debacle, right, or whole whole mess. But um, with that though, the game is not ready because basically there is uh warring fiefdoms like different teams inside of three four three were trying to make different games. And basically, they when when you know they brought in Joseph Staten, the the what he basically did was take it from being this Breath of the Wild game, right? Because they were basically they were trying to make Halo of the Wild, <laughs> but they they essentially or he essentially it was just like we're just gonna cut everything that is not good and keep this. By that that means biomes and that right? Like there's a reason there's only one biome in this game. Like there's only everything's this foresty one. Because that was the only part that was done, and he was like, We're, "This is the game, right? <laughs> this is the game. This is it. This we gotta like." I, I think this is one of those things where you need a leader to sort of make these sort of so. I mean, these decisions are hard in the sense that nobody likes like you know you made something and you don't want it that like, you can't be in the game. So it's it's hard, but like you have to make these decisions when you want to ship the game, right? You have to ship the game at some point. It's not. It's not. Time is not infinite here, and like. You know, like like labor is not infinite. Like it's just like you need a cutoff point. Like you need like to set the boundaries here. Yeah, and so for context from the Shrey report, they cut two thirds of the game. What we got was one third of the planned game. Jesus, okay, that is that puts a lot of that makes um, that actually makes this game interesting to me. Actually, in, in a very specific way. But like, I'm like thinking about like the game. I I finished the game this morning, so I was I'm just thinking about the structure of the game, and it's like. Okay, that, like that was what you said. This is like the one third of the game, and I'm like, yeah, that that absolutely hundred percent. Like it makes sense that they had to cut. Like I could feel like when I was playing through the game, I could feel the sort of like that they had to make cutbacks. They had to cut things like because there's not enough time to to finish all of it. Uh, so they they cut had to cut. But that's the surprising thing about it is because even though by all accounts this game should have been a disaster it is surprisingly not which which to me is something it's a not a test to the managers fuck them but it's, i think it's a test to the people like the actual developers and the lore writers at 343 because you get the sense of even though it's, it's kind of a mess it, they still like wanted to make a great halo game and figured like i think the the people working on the actual game right the animators all of that understood what made a good halo game and managed to get that to come through yeah and that's the thing right you can feel the like every time like this game some of these some of the sort of i'll get into the story stuff later but some of the stuff that happens in this game and sort of the moments in this game where you can feel the love of the franchise sort of shining through in the gameplay and in the and the, in the art direction and in the sort of even in the music the music borrows heavily from sort of Martin O'Donnell as like original theme, you know, like they use that theme and they change it up, and it's like it's they really sort of you know you can see that this game was made by people who wanted to make a good game. Like that is like, this was not a game that was made by people who didn't love Halo. Like it was clearly like sort of a work of love in many ways. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm not surprised this game's development was like this messy. And I, I remember watching the, uh, the entirety of the credit sequence. And bro, there are so many contractors. They're all credited, by the way. All the contractors are credited, and they're all there. So they they put the name of the person, and and the 
uh, and the uh, company, the contracting company that they're from. So, like, uh, there's a lot of lot of contractors that worked on this. And so, shout out to everybody who worked on this. Whether you're from three four three or you're a contractor, it doesn't matter. I think everybody likes efforts is appreciated in this uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess it also makes sense too as to why they're saying it's like a ten year project. Honestly, I think it isn't even before we get into the campaign. But I think it'll set the stage for it. I, I think what the three four three should do is is keep the multiplayer separate, right? But sort of take this campaign and just make another game, right? Like not continue this existing game, but just try and like make a new one. I think the way to think about it is, um, so you never played Skyward Sword. You only played Breath of the Wild. And no, no weapon discourse, please. I'm ending this podcast if you bring up weapon discourse. But, 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 <laughs> but uh, thank God this game does have um, breakable weapons, by the way. But, um, but um, with Skyward Sword, it was a prototype Breath of the Wild in some ways. The stamina meter, some of the exploration style, right? You can draw a straight line from the combat system, from the movement system, from the exploration systems, right? Breath of Wild, or Skyward Sword is not an open world game. It was a dungeon-like Zelda game. But you can see how that led to the next one, right? And I think in the same way with how Halo Infinite is structured. you, I can see a Breath of the Wild game. But I don't think updating or, you know, doing like a 10-year roadmap expansion style for this game is the way to get there, right? I think taking this work and then building on it for a new game is is where they should go. Because I absolutely think that now that they've done some of the open world structure, especially the way they've done it, the way they've smartly done it, there is a whole game where, like, maybe it's not set on a Halo ring, right? Like, hey, we, we, we if you, Halo ring's too, too big in scope, but maybe it's like a... I don't know. Let's say like the next game is you're on a planet and you're and like maybe like the, the big end goal is right. The planet's about to be glassed by the banished, right? So like you're just stuck on this planet, can't leave, and you're just trying to prevent from being glassed, right? And they have like you know different areas of the planet to explore, and then like you know the central area could just be like you know uh, a covenant ship where you could finish the fight at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game, right? Like how Breath of the Wild is. Like there's a way to do that, but um, no, absolutely. I mean they. I, I think one of those things is this game is building for the future in the sense that we have the new engine. Uh, I think it's called like Slip Space or something like that. Um, it's, it's the, it's a brand new engine. So they have a foundation, a technical foundation to build upon, right? So now that the technical foundation is in place, I feel like a lot more things are more easily available and, and like, not easily, but like sort of like the structure is there to get started, right? Like you have the tools you need to get started on building. I mean, I don't either way, if, if it's a new game or DLC for this game, I, it doesn't really matter to me either way, to be honest. Like, whatever they choose to do, that's fine by me. I just, I just like, I would love to see them iterate on this sort of structure and sort of capabilities that they have with this new engine. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that they, interesting things that they could do for sure. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, right. And I have my first question to you then about this game's campaign is as the person who loves open world bullshit, you love, you live for open world bullshit. Right. So how how does this compare? Is this Far Cry? Is this Assassin's Creed? Breath of the Wild? Where does this game open world sit with you on whatever arbitrary ranking scale you have? Okay, so it's it feels to me like a mix of Far Cry, like the board elements from popular open world games. So it feels a bit like Far Cry where you have bases to clear uh, and like outposts to capture, basically. 
Um, and it feels a bit like Breath of the Wild where exploration is encouraged with the use of the grappling hook and vehicles and, and stuff like that. And collectibles, you know, collectibles feel like a little bit like Far Cry, a little bit, bit like Ubisoft's open world games. Um, and there's a sense of exploration and stuff. So it's like, it feels like a mix of both. And I think it's fine. Like from the open, like from playing and from playing the open world stuff in the in the game that is there, it's all pretty good. There's there's obviously audio logs spread everywhere. There is bases to capture. There are enemy outposts to clear out. There are like uh, propaganda towers that you have to destroy, which is hilarious. You know, by the way, let me just say the propaganda. T- you know what the propaganda towers in this game do? It's basically a banished podcast playing on the propaganda towers, like a grunt, t- like talking. It's like a banished po- propaganda tower. Like they, they talk about like how bad the humans are and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like it's like a banished po- broadcast network. <laughs> and I mean, there's also um, some extreme irony in the UNSC fighting propaganda. Wait, like, like the, the whole lore of Halo. There's a lot of irony in that. Lore, yeah, a lot of irony in that. It's very I, the game is very aware of its own tropes. Like it is very much like I think the developers are obviously aware of like they, they're self-aware, and they're sort of like sort of these little like nods to like yeah, this is ridiculous, and like what about it? Uh, so it's it's good. Like I I think one of those things was. Coming into this game, my expectations for the campaign were very minimal. I expected very little from this because my expectations have been tempered by Halo 5 a lot, right? So coming into this game, I was like, if this game is even decent, like this campaign is even decent, I'll be happy. But I think it exceeded my like expectations significantly, which which I was not expecting because I was like looking at this whole messy development cycle and I was like, no way this campaign is going to be like any really any good but it was like it was surprisingly quite good even the open world stuff i was enjoying because it's not too like the open world is there but it's like sort of it doesn't feel too all-encompassing like it's fun and the open world sort of gives a little bit of like nice pacing to the game like i can i can do a story mission and then I could just wander around the the open world doing doing open world stuff and like sort of it's like more relaxing, you're sort of more freeform, like doing and I think the open world like allows you to like you know move around, uh, use different weapons, right? Use different vehicles, like you can spawn vehicles, right? And like you can use different vehicles, try them out, you know, see see what see what works, see what doesn't, and like use different weapons. It gives a lot of flexibility. Uh and it's fun. And uh, it, it's 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 a decent attempt at a, like it's a first attempt at open world, obviously. So it's a little like it feels like a baby's first open world game. But I think I think uh, I think three four three is more than capable of you know iterating on this sort of design and becoming uh, better at it. So you know I think the open world is is decent. It's fine. I'm happy it's small though. Honestly, that's that's the thing for me is. So my biggest complaint with Assassin's Creed Odyssey because actually I like that game a lot. Um, is you would go to parts in the map, right? Like, oh, I'm going to explore. I go to a part in the map. There's nothing to fucking do there, right? I, I think the northern part of the map, a lot of it, right? Where it um, sort of looks like it's always autumn. You know, it's like, it looks like, it, you know, always autumn, northern part of the map. You're exploring around there. And I'm like, why was this put into the game? There are no towns here. There are no missions here. There are bears, I guess. And maybe like one enemy tower or something, but there's just nothing. There's nothing there. So it's, 
why why was this built? Why was this paid to be a part of the map? I, I don't understand why this is in the game if there's literally nothing to do here. Yeah, like I I think this is one of those problems with Ubisoft games is they uh I mean a lot of people have talked about this. This is not a new topic of discussion, but it is that size just making the map bigger is not interesting to me personally, and it is not interesting to a lot of critics as far as I know and a lot of people who play these games because just a big map by itself doesn't mean anything if the map doesn't have anything interesting to actually do. So what happens is like with Ubisoft games, you just have these sort of sort of meaningless stuff in the open world. Like it's, I mean, a lot of open world sort of busy work is meaningless, but in, in a bigger map, it feels so much larger that you're just spread thin. Like you're spreading whatever you have, repeating, repeating it across the map, and it's all repetitive. And it feels like because the map is bigger, there's more of this repetitive stuff to do. So by the time you get to like one subplot of the map, you're like, I'm bored. Like I'm bored because it's this is this is the same thing just repeated all over all over the place, just copied and pasted, right? And that's a feeling that I, a lot of people have sort of talked about with these, especially with these Ubisoft titles, is that they're exhausted. Like it's exhausting to play these games because they're like exhausting to like just do these things over and over again. And the thing with this Halo Infinite sort of open world is that because they had to cut two-thirds of the game out, it's a small world. Like, it's not a big world. It's a very small world comparative to, to, to any of these, like, like Ubisoft titles, right? Like, it's a, it's a tiny world relative to those, and it's, it's filled with stuff to do. And because the world is small enough, it doesn't feel like, to like, and the thing is, it, they do make things unique. Like all the bases are a little bit. Some of the like enemy big outposts are unique. They have unique structures, like unique enemies and unique layouts. And and some of the there are these like boss enemies spread out. These are like basically like high tier like uh, banished sort of enemies. And they're, they're like mini bosses basically spread throughout the world. They're like bounty targets basically. And you're like, you try to like find them on the map. They're always in a specific part of the map. You have to like hunt them down and they have like special weapons and abilities. And it, they're all unique by the way. So they're all different uh, and they all behave differently. And it's, it's nice. And like, it gives a, it gives a variety. And there's, the map is not big enough where it's like, you get bored of that. Like killing these enemies over and over again because it's well. You also get flexibility as well. I think it's something to talk about with towers, not towers. The um, bases specifically is um, you can go guns blazing or um, through the front. Or what I did with this one tower, actually, I was playing a little bit ago before we started, is instead of going guns blazing, I basically grappled onto a cliff and then got on top of the base, right, and then just dropped down from the back, snipe a little bit, right, you know, crouch. I took a sword in and just started taking out people one by one. Instead of doing a whole big gunfight, and you know that's 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 one of the other things that I'm like one of the best parts of this game. Whoever had this idea, like this, this they really work, like they really put it in. It's like the grappling hook. I think the grappling hook is a genius. Like it's absolutely brilliant to add this level of freedom of movement to a Halo game because it makes every fight extremely dynamic. So, so for context, for people who have not played. Played infinite, uh, for wondering what the grappling hook does. So the grappling hook can attach to a surface, uh, 
uh, there's a distance limit, but it's not. It's like it's not like an enormous distance, but it's like a sort of a medium range uh, sort of. Well, and, and the distance too with it, it's what you think it would be, right? Like every time I grapple and I don't get it, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, I'm too far away. That makes sense as to why I probably can't grapple there. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what's the what's the interesting thing about the grappling hook is not you can't just grapple surfaces. You can you can grapple to enemies, which also counts as surfaces technically. You can grapple to enemies. You can close the gap and punch them in the face, uh, which is always extremely fun to do. You can also like if a weapon is lying on the ground or on a weapon rack, you can use the grappling hook to bring the weapon to you. And so this makes fights extremely inter- dynamic and interesting because it's like you're in the middle of a fight. You have two weapons. Like this is Halo. You always have two guns. Right? That's the Halo thing. You have two guns. You have two guns. You're like you're like behind some cover. There's some heavy enemies and there's enemies surrounding you. So you're like looking like you run out of ammo. And ammo is not really a huge problem in this game, but like some fights you might just run out of like battery or ammo. So you're like looking for some new weapon and the weapons are all around you. Enemies like fall to the ground, they drop weapons and you can like just use the grappling hook to just bring the gun to you and you just switch, like you, you, you drop your previous weapon and you switch to it straight away and it, you're just back in the fight. Like it's just quick and easy and it feels extremely good to use the grappling hook just all the time like i used it so much that's the that's my favorite ability and i think one of the upgrades like there's an upgrade tree for each of your four-ish ability i think there's four there is the there's the grappling hook there is the um there's the shield wall that's the port of the portable shield wall right uh there is the uh the threat sensor which is basically like uh which which highlights enemies in a certain radius, right? When you fire it, uh, and there is the uh, thruster. Uh, so those those are like the four four abilities. And if one of the upgrades for the grappling hook is like it, when when you hit a, when you t- lock onto an enemy and grapple to them, you can hold the melee button to do a powerful, extra powerful uh, melee punch, which by the way kills brutes with in one shot. <laughs> Which is like, it is like, bro, just upgrade the, just upgrade the, upgrade the fucking gra- grapple shot. And you, like, that is like the third tier ability, I believe, third or fourth tier. And it just, it make it makes things, you can just like punch into enemies hard and like, it has a little bit of an area of effect. So it's like, it's really fucking good. Like, it's just fun. It's just extremely fun to use this ability. Some of the abilities are more fun and situational than others. I, def- I found the shield wall to only be useful in boss fights, really, to be honest, or if there are a lot of enemies that need to, like, you need to put up a temporary barrier to let your shield recharge, right? Like, to, to, to let the shield take, like, the, the drop wall takes, uh, take, takes some of the enemy fire and let your shield recharge. Other than that, it's a little, it's not too necessary, I found. Uh, the threat sensor is only useful in, uh, in, like, very specific cases, I feel like, where, there is a camouflaged enemy, and camouflaged enemies will show up on the threat sensor as red. So that's the one of the places that you will need. No, it's good for stealth as well. I used the threat sensor when I was going in the base right with the sword. Yeah, right? To know where the enemies are at, right? If I'm crouching and stuff, just throw a threat sensor, go up sword, 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 and, you know, and go from there. I, I'm, I'm, never, I'm not good at stealth, so I did never 
like you really utilize stealth in this game. I just always went like just straight into the fight, throwing grenades, just getting the rocket launch, just blasted, just just blasted all over the place. So it's like playing it really aggro. And it's fun. Like, the game lets you play either way. I mean, it's more focused on aggro for sure. Like, using the grappling hook to move around to get to enemies in high places, right? And the most interesting thing about the grappling, one of the interesting things is like, it, you know, you know, when you like grapple onto a surface, it gives you momentum. So you can like go past the surface, right? You know, that's like the cool part. Like, you can use it sort of to like go past. You can swing around basically. Like, you can like use it to grapple the ground and basically swing around and get behind an enemy, which I think is really, really really fun like it's, it's or there's something um you could also do with it there's a video that i saw on twitter where someone basically they took a gravity hammer had a warthog right hit the gravity hammer with the or hit the warthog with the gravity hammer it goes flying grapple onto it and they launch for like a good five minutes through the sky onto the other end of the map holy shit oh my god i gotta try that bro i gotta try this actually because this is hilarious that's incredible yeah you just take like a cliff right get a warthog get a gravity hammer launch it off the you know warthog flies in the air grapple onto it quick enough and then it'll launch you past the warthog and you go flying in the air um yeah so there's that's the thing right it gives you like it, it i mean the game tells you that there's physics uh, like with it obeys some laws of physics so it's like the momentum is there from when you launch into it right like so you can just go past the object it's it's really it's really really fun like I, I just think grappling hook was a very like that they used it in a very good way, and the world is designed to allow for grappling hook to be used in various different ways. You know how uh, there's those uh, sort of coils lying everywhere, like those plasma coils. Yep, or you whatever, can just right? grapple one, throw it. You at can just one. grab them. You can, you can, you can, you can grab it and just like just fucking throw. <laughs> Man, it's so good. Like, who needs grenades when you have like fucking these all these things everywhere? And you just like grab all of this and like, and all the different kind of grenades are interesting too. Like, speaking of grenades, the it's the, obviously the classic frag grenades, the the plasma grenade, but there's also like the 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 especially the brute grenades, right? Like the the shock grenade and the brute. I think there's other one. So there's like four grenade types, you know, like and they're all very interesting and useful in different uh, circumstances. Although I have a slight complaint. These abilities need to be on their own hotkeys. Oh my god, they really do, bro. Switching between them is fucking me. I was fucking. I was gonna get to this actually. I was gonna mention this. I was like, especially during boss fights, where you like it's really sweaty. You're like trying to manage shield, your shield charge, and like and like trying to dodge the enemy's attacks and stuff. And you're like, holy shit, what would I do? Like you're like switching. Like it's on 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 PC. It's between like one, two, three, and four on the on the num- like basically on number keys. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm gonna. I always basically have the grapple shot in- enabled because I'm just like I need to get. Like, sometimes I just need to move out of the way so the grapple shot is the best way to do that i'm just like i'm just gonna fucking like it's it's hard like it's hard, sometimes when you're in the middle of the fight you, you're not thinking like which abilities equip right now which is it the shield wall is it the is the threat sensor like i should like like it would be easier if the game each one was on like a sort of like a hotkey system because it would make things easier to remember or instead of switching between them which one is active and then pressing the button right instead of being it being like an active like not an inactive system it would be better if each of them was on an ability on, on on a specific key maybe that wouldn't work because of controllers like it would be a little bit hard to i mean it's it's annoying on controllers right now as is though because with controllers you have to mash the d-pad and there's a delay right it's not instant switching so you have to mash on a d-pad and cycle through them it's oh that's okay that's worse actually than pc yeah on on p on 
on PC, it's like you have one, two, three, and four. So I like memorize which ones are on which, right? And most, I mean, I don't need all of them most of the time. So it's like most of the time I'm using the grapple shot, right? Uh, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm all, I'm just like locked on that. So it's like, it's not too bad if I'm just using the grapple shot. Like, well, I mean, there's a way to like fix it with controllers though. So you can, so it's, I think, right bumper on controller to do it. Basically, you can have like a favorite map. So when you tap right button, it'll always do whichever one you want. And then if you want other ones, right bumper and then a D pad key, right? You want to throw down a tactical thing, right bumper up, right? Or, and then just, you know, do it that way instead of having to cycle through it. Like, there are ways to do it. It is just annoying with how it is right now. And it means I'm only using the grapple shot because I, that's always the, it's the one that makes the most sense in most circumstances. Exactly. It's the grapple shot is the ability that is always useful to you in some way because it just gives you so much movement, like speed and movement. So it's like, it's always going to be useful, especially in boss fights where you're trying to reposition all the time, like trying to avoid attacks. And then drop ball is also useful in those circumstances, trying to sort of avoid, uh, like tank some damage and then, and let your shields recharge, right? Uh, so. I think one of the, like, I don't know if you've gotten, I'm thinking you've gotten to the game where you encounter hunters. Have you encountered hunters yet? I have not. How, how did they do the hunters right in this game? I was going to say they did the hunters extremely good. Very, very good. The, it feels just as scary. Do you, bro, do you remember the first time in Halo Combat Evolved that you encountered the hunters? I think it was on the silent cartographer map, right? Where you first encounter the 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 hunters for the first time right and they were scary as shit right like the first time you encounter them you're like what the fuck like they fire one of their like big arm arm plasma weapons at you and you're like holy shit that thing does that thing took out all my shields at once like holy shit and it's like it feels the same though the hunters in this game are very aggressive like they're very like strong enemies as always and they are Hard, like they're hard to deal with they're, they're sort of aggressive so obviously always as we know that with the lore and for people who don't who don't know about hunters are these sort of big bulk big big sh- heavy shield enemies with they have like front shields basically not uh, shields on the back but they have these front shields that basically reflect most damage like uh, needlers will just bounce off them grenades will just bounce off them right so you can't it's hard to like like get them exposed and the way to kill them is you have to their back is has weakness and guess what this time they have like an arm they have armor on the back but guess what the, you, you have to break down the armor on the back and expose like their back basically to kill them which that is that's the that's like the correct way to kill them in this game and it is like it's hard especially if, if they always come in pairs right the, the hunters always like that's the way their lore is like they're like bonded at, at birth so they always come in two. And once, when you kill the first one, the, the second one changes, it's just it's like a different phase. It just becomes extra aggro and it fires his weapon all the time. It charges at you. It, it melees you. It just becomes extra aggressive. And it's like hard to deal with, but you know, it's not impossible because it, it, it's so aggressive that it'll like charge at you and like you can like go behind it and like like hit them and hit them in the back where 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 it's weak right so and it'll kill it like it's hard but it's not impossible if you're careful like you, you can kill these like without dying but it, it's like if you mess up it will fuck you up like that yeah, hunters are one of, one of the few enemies in this game that really are like a little bit difficult like uh, other than the bosses they, they're not boss enemies really but they're like sort of bosses because of the way they, they sort of like aggro you it's 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 very fun like i I'm, i really like what they did with the with the hunters uh so 
So that is that is my take on the hunters. Uh, how do you feel about the other web? I, I know you've encountered the other enemy types. Like, how are you feeling about the banished as a whole? Like, how do you feel about the banished being in this game? Uh, and, and like, what, uh, what what are you feeling about the like various enemies that you've encountered so far? The grunt voice lines are beautiful. They're like it's very funny. Like the grunt. Oh, remember piece of. They they fix their cardinal sin of making the grunt speak Sangheili, right? They actually speak English now, or saying is it the language is not Sangheili, whatever it's it. But they say the funniest shit. Like one time the grunt was, um, I think the grunt like I threw a grenade at him and he was like, oh no, I'm stuck. Why don't you just let me just kill you? And then he blows up and he just screams. It's just like what? And you know what? It's like especially the lines that are especially funny are when when you die to like when when you die and there's a grunt near you, he'll say all sorts of funny shit. And one time he said the most. Uh, uh, most brutal thing he said that your blue friend is dead, isn't she? And I was like, what? "Damn, bro, what? You didn't have to go there, bro. What? And, like, I was just like, what? This grin is talking shit about Cortana, bro. Like, I, what is this? Like, I was just like, what the fuck? And the, all the lines, like, all the enemy dialogue in this game is very good. Like, just the enemy, like, enemy sort of chatter, like, the enemy dialogue when, when you're in the, in the middle of combat. Um, uh, and even like even the hunters don't talk, they, they don't say anything, but they like make these noises, and you can tell when they're when they're like the subtitles actually say like angry angry snarl or like ha- like like happy or like like excited growl or whatever. Like they they, they actually make different noises depending on the, on the situation. So it's it's very like all these sort of sounds that they have in this game. Are, are like the sound design in this game is is quite good in my opinion. Like from the from the weapons, the weapons all sound great. Like every weapon sounds sounds amazing. Uh, uh, like I think it's like there's not much uh, enemies that are not the banished. There are enemies that are not banished. I don't know. I don't think you have encountered them yet. There is one newish enemy type that you, that one new enemy type that I don't think you have encountered. They're like this flying enemy that you, that you haven't encountered. They're not sentinels, by the way. I'm not talking about sentinels. They're different. Uh, but there are sentinels in this game. But there are no, um, there's none of the Prometheans though. Those, they're gone. They're no, they're not on this hand. No, 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 there's no Prometheans. Uh, there are sentinels. However, there are sentinels that you have to fight. Uh, so, so expect that it's not really a spoiler because you're on a forerunner installation. You're gonna five. You're gonna fight. Uh, do we want to do a segment with spoilers? I feel like I want to talk about some stuff that is spoiler. Well, before we get into before we get into that, just to wrap up the enemy talk, I'm actually shocked there are no flood in this game. The flood was a DLC in Halo Wars Two. That so it's weird. According to Halo Wars Two, flood should be on this ring, but there are no flood. Which I mean, fair, fair enough. There, I mean. But yeah, I think it's I think it's story time. <laughs> I mean, it might be one of those things that got cut, right? It might be one of those, like the two turns of the game that just got cut, right? Like it might have been flooded this, but they just they're like fuck it, we don't need we don't need the flood. So this I'm I'm happy for it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the flood uh, myself, so I'm not uh, I'm not like really like all the enemy types are interesting in this game. So you know I'm not like not too worried about that. Uh, how do you feel about weapons? Do you have any favorites or do you have any like, you know, ones that you really don't like uh, or I think are kind of like pointless uh, or pistols great in this game? Like the like the human pistol? Yeah, like, human uh, pistol and assault rifle and the battle rifle are all great. Um, the, the best gun in this game is objectively the automatic DMR, <laughs> right? The, the, the commando, the VK-47 commando. That weapon is 
is you just it's just so good. It just feels like so good to shoot. Like, I I love the bat rifle too. The bat rifle feels good. The sniper feels good. The S seven sniper that you get, like you know, the human sniper, really feels it hits hard. Uh, the vehicles, uh, I don't even, I don't think I've used a, uh, uh, the warthog feels like a warthog. You know, <laughs> like it's a warthog. Like I I don't think they've changed it too much. It's it feels. A little slippery, like they like it used to do back in the hill one days. Like it's a little slippery, but you know it's fine. Uh, there's the scorpion tank. You don't. I don't think you've encountered that yet. Uh, there is the gun goose, which is like a mongoose, but with with it has like grenade launcher on it, uh, which is very fun. By the way, it does a lot of damage. Um, there is like the razorback, which is like the armored warthog, right? Which has only which can take more soldiers in them. Uh, how do you feel about the AI companions? I don't know if you have like the Marines. Yeah, how do you? <laughs> the... I think with the tone of the writing with the Marines specifically, they really went to like the um, this is a eighties or like nineties war film thing with them, right? Like it's very good. It reminds me a lot of um, Sergeant Johnson was his name. It, like it's very much that kind of vibe you get from the Marines in this game, and I fuck with it heavily. Yep. Yeah, they're they're very good, and you can like sort of uh, like they spawn in you know, those fo uh, those fobs, right? And like forward operating bases, right? And it, like if you get into a vehicle, they like get into a vehicle with you, right? Like so you can like carry them around and get like sort of use them as to, to start fights, basically. And they're pretty good at fighting, actually. They're surprisingly sturdy. Sturdy, <laughs> like they will they will not they will die to like explosives and like grenades and like they will die, but like it's like they're not totally idiots so it's like it's fine it's pretty fun to get them involved they serve as like a useful distraction uh for the enemies like it's it's fun like to to and they like shout all kinds of things when they hit enemies right they're like they're like nice shots Spartan. <laughs> like i'm like, like thank you i guess like yeah they're they're fun like i, I like all the ai stuff all the voice lines um uh, so and, and and I think my favorite weapon is like the, the the plasma carbine. I think I really like that one actually. Uh, like it feels really good to shoot. Uh, the mangler is is interesting. It's like a uh, the man uh, the mangler feels like a magnum revolver. The, the way it fires has a slow fire rate, uh, and it hits hard. But it's like it's it's really fun. I think the weapon that's used kind of useless in this game is the needler, bro. Uh, it just feels uh like. I don't know. It kind of feels lame, I guess is the word I would use for it. It sort of feels, doesn't feel good. I feel like the neither is probably my least favorite like weapon in this game. I never use it because it just, just feels like weird and bad to use. Uh, so I don't know. Neither was never one of my favorite weapons anyway. So it's not really a big loss, but no, it's what it is. Uh, so I think, I think it's time to, I think we should put, this is the part where you put a, Spoiler tag in this in the chapters, right? Yep. yep. Time uh, for the spoiler bell. A time for time for spoilers. So be warned. We're gonna talk about Halo Infinite like story. So we're gonna get into like I finished this game and you are aware of the ending of this game. So we're gonna talk about the ending. So I think the first thing though that is important to mention here is there is no prerequisite knowledge of any of the prior games required. Um, the only thing that you'll get outside of obviously a base understanding of how we got here is Atrix and the Bandits were introduced in Halo Wars 2 and Zeta Halo, this Halo was introduced in Halo Wars 2. Um, that's why I think I'd mentioned that there should technically be Flood somewhere on this Halo because in Halo Wars 2 there's a DLC on this Halo ring with Flood. So, but none of the characters from Halo Wars 2 outside of Atrix are here. The Guardians from Halo 5 are not here. Um, no, nothing in the books lead to the uh, the endless and none of that. 
So there is no prerequisite knowledge really required. But with that, though, I think we should begin with, do you think the soft reboot they did here was handled correctly? I I think it was done with care, and I think it was done as well as you can do a soft reboot for a series that has so much baggage and so much lore and so many expectations. It's hard to sort of say, like, okay, why, where do we start again? Like, if you want to start again, do a soft reboot, like, it's like, how do you even get started? And I think they handle it quite well. Like, the way that, like, from the beginning of the game, the way the chief comes in, he's, like, floating in space, right? He got, uh, so, so the beginning of the game, there is the, there's a whole cutscene where he, Atriox is on the UNSC Infinity, right? Right. The Infinity ship. And like the Infinity is getting like, t- like destroyed basically by the, by the, uh, by the banished. And Atriox like, like throws Master Chief off the edge of like some platform and he thinks like uh, Master Chief is dead, right? But he like, he like survives and he's like floating. His suit goes into survival mode and he's floating in space. You know, that's fine. It's all good. Like I, I was just like, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. How are you feeling about the use of like, I saw, I think one of the things that this game does is use certain characters as characters as sort of sort of devices to characterize the master chief instead of characterizing the character itself. You know what I'm trying to say? Like the the pilot, Echo Two One Six, right? How do you what do you feel about Echo like Echo Two One Six? Like how do you feel about his introduction? Like how like his whole background? Like what he like what he is? Like how do you feel about Echo Two One Six? I think he gives right. a uh, he he gives a firm amount of uh, outsider perspective into the story. And how I mean by this is like uh, I think we were talking about it earlier at the beginning of the game, right? He's like, so we're gonna leave, and she's like, we're going down there, and he's like we're leaving right and she's like no we're going down there and then when and then at a at a certain point once you you unlock the first base and she's like oh yeah i'm gonna gonna go raid this tower he's like by yourself and then in spanish he just yells out there's always fucking something with this guy (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it is i i love him like i love him so much and he grows as a character actually like he does he has character growth throughout the so it turns out i don't know okay so we're in spoiler territory for sure here uh and so his name is uh fernando esparza and you don't learn his name till the very end of the game one of the last the last one of the last cutscenes in the game, right? And that's when you learn his name. All the whole time you've been calling him Echo Two and Six. Uh and like he grows as a character. You learn that he's not actually a Marine. You know? He's not actually a soldier. He was just like a civilian like contractor basically on the UNSC Infinity. Alright? And he is not actually a, like a like a commissioned soldier. So he's like basically a civilian. Uh, and he just managed to get on a pelican and, and get the fuck out of like f- out of the infinity before everything shit exploded, right? So it's just like he's just dealing. He's just overwhelmed, and he's just like, "I'm gonna die. We're all gonna die." He's so like, he's just like, everything's fucked. The banished have taken over the ring. What are we even doing? Like, what's the point of us fighting the banished? They have already won, right? Like, why? Well, he was stuck on that pelican for months, right? So. It's it's a five year time skip from Halo Five to the beginning scene, right? And then it's like a year from the Infinity, you know, being blown up and him just being stuck there on that ship in the Pelican. Yeah, which is 
that's like if you think about it, like the amount of trauma this man has, has suffered is is incredible, and it's just like he's just alone by himself. Uh, his 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 family is probably. I think he he says that he his family is probably dead, right? Like he has this little thing, like little hologram of his family. The show at the very beginning, it's very like you know. Didn't Cortana blow up Sydney, Australia, or did she blow up? Yes, yes, she did. She she did indeed. Cortana did indeed blow up the UNSC headquarters in Sydney. Uh, they, uh, yep, she she did. Sure did. And you know what else? You, uh, you know what else Cortana blew the up? The brute homeworld too, right? The brute homeworld. I was just like, bro, what? I actually, I was this mentioned before? Was this new? This this fact new to the game? Like, I think this was not mentioned before. And as far as I know, I never knew that Cortana blew up an entire world. Like, no, just, this is this just, is past piece. This is how this is what she started doing once she got the Guardians right in Halo Five. So this is after Halo Five ended that she started doing this. Um, yeah, and she also blew up a base full of Spartans. She blew up like a like a lot of Spartans in training were on this like orbital base, and the she like like the AI on that base just was like, I, I'm gonna blow it up. And she just, and then yeah, I just blew those. And all the Spartans on there died. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, though, you know, though, something I think I would want to see while we're talking about Echo Two One Sixes, uh, or Fernando here is a new Halo ODST game, but with him with a pistol, right? Like, like, like a like a style game like that. You play as him, and it's just him with a pistol, not a soldier, right? Like, gives a perfect excuse to not have him, you know, to not have someone be fully powered up. But I feel like a just like a side game. Just a little campaign with him, you know, just like pistol, maybe an assault rifle and just like going through a city or whatever. I feel like it'd be fucking great. Oh, that would be, I would love to see another ODST sort of, sort of uh, like a success, spiritual successor to ODST as it were. Like that would be very, very good. So I think what, like, how do you feel about the villains in this game? Like there are a couple villains. There are, there are two. Sort of like the overarching villain, uh, like sort of always in the background is Atriox, obviously, right? Atriox is sort of like the primary motivation for all of the, all of the, the banished, basically, right? So the Atriox is there in the background. Esherim is the guy who like talks to you, right? He's the, like, he's the leader of the banished at this point. And he is just like a massive dude, like huge ass, big ass brute, like giant dude. Like, how do you feel about Eshram? Like, what do you, like, it feels a little corny. Like, I don't know about you, but like, some of the dialogue that he says, I'm just like, bruh, you're a little corny. Like, I, I don't know. It's not like terrible, but it's like, it's just very like, yeah, I'm a villain. Fuck you. Like, it's just very like on the nose, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not like too much, like, I'm not too big of a fan of the way Eshram is sort of portrayed, but I think the way he's portrayed sort of near the end of his, like Eshram dies, by the way. You have a you have a boss fight with Eshram. Uh, so this is like this is like uh, this is. I think this might be more this for you as well. I don't know if you know this. Like this is not. I mean, no. I, I read through a synopsis of the plot. Like I said, I I, I watch leaks. You know how I am. So our friend, our friend Fernando at Echo Two One Six gets kidnapped by uh, the Blade Master. Right, the Blade Master is I forget his name. Is is is, is a he's an elite. He's like this. He's like this top tier elite guy, right? Like he's like an assassin, basically. And like he he has this like red uh plasma, like red red sword, right? And he's like he's just like killing Spartans and stuff. And like he kidnaps uh he kidnaps uh Fernando and he's like tortures him and stuff. 
and you have a you have a boss fight with the blade master which is like the honestly one of the one of the most anticlimactic boss fights i've ever had like, it's not hard because the, well, all he does by the way is like he goes invisible he just stays invisible on it with camouflage and then he just runs at you with the sword i'm just like that's i like i know how to deal with it like it's not hard like i just like every time you charge it i can see you coming because of the threat sensor so I see you coming, and I just, like, dodge out of the way. Like, it's not hard. Like, it's not a hard boss fight. It's just a very anticlimactic for a guy that's supposed to be, like, a little bit of, like, a badass. Like, I'm just, like, I just, like, dodge your little sword fight thing. Like, I'm just, you you dead, bro. Like, you dead. Um, but the boss fight with Escher is is hard. It's, it's like a multi-phase boss fight. So, like, you're in this room where where, where Fernando is, like, he captured. He's in this like sort of thing, sort of this torture ch- uh, uh, shield, torture chamber thing, and he's been held there. And like uh, your AI friend is trying to like free free him, but like he, she can't. Right, so you have to do the boss fight. And the interesting thing is, like throughout the boss, there's like three phases, like shield phases, basically, where he has you know he gets shields, shield energy from the torture machine. So every if, when he has his shields active, if you hit him with the shield. You actually, da- you like t- basically do damage to Fernando. So you can't, you like, you have to, like, okay. So, and then, like, the, the AI part of, like, exposes, like, the, sh- like, the things, the p- things that are powering the shield. And that you gotta, like, do that, kill those three times, I think four times before, before you get to the final phase of the final phase of the boss fight where he brings out his gravity hammer. And, bro, this final phase of the boss fight is hard because it's this very small space. It's like a small space, and I don't know if you've ever been killed by a gravity hammer in this game, but those things in closed spaces will fuck you up. Like, one shot will take out all your shields, and the next shot, it'll kill you. So, like, two shots to kill you, basically. You have to, like, do- keep dodging and, like, trying to kill him using all the weapons. Like, it's very, it's like, he has a lot, he's, he has a decent amount of health, so it's, like, hard. So, like, I died multiple times to Eshram. Like, it took me multiple tries to actually be able to beat him. Like, it was hard. Like, it was, it's probably one of the hardest boss fights in this game. So, uh, like, yeah. Bo- I mean, boss fights are here. Boss fights are a thing in this game. That's, that's a, that's a little different, right? Like, we never, re- I mean, we had boss fights in Halo 2, right? Right? Like, the, but the fighting of, like, the Arbiter was, like, not, <laughs> was it- not, not really a boss fight. Like, it was very, like, Kind of easy, but this one's a real boss fights, to be honest. It's way better than the Warden in, in Halo 5. The Warden was terrible. I think you remember back when I originally played through Halo 5, I basically used the grenade skip, uh, grenade jump to skip over fighting all five of the Wardens. I like got there and I'm like, I'm just going to the next part of the level. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all the boss fights here are interesting and fun. Uh, some of them are a little annoying just because, like, uh, the, how much damage the bosses can do to you. So it's like a, you got to be careful. Like, you got to be really careful and make make full use of your abilities to like dodge and like juke and like sort of get. They let your shields recharge basically. Like that's like the key. Is is and, and so if and one of these things you can upgrade in this game is the shield, right? So make sure you put 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 points into upgrading the shields because you you'll need it like especially with this boss fight you're gonna need those shields to be upgraded so you know it's it's a challenge but it's not it's not dark souls you know like it's it's not dark they they have patterns that you can that are not complicated but like you know it's not really a like a dark souls as boss fight so you know it's 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 it's, it's these are boss fights that are you know you can beat them if you if, with a few tries so uh 
you know, I, I, I like most of the bosses. How do you feel about the sort of the overarching plot of about the sort of the endless and the uh, and the, the harbinger and and sort of that as aspect of the plot? How you feel? That's all like lore, Halo lore bullshit for sure. But like, how do you feel about it? Like, like I, I don't know. Like, it's it's a little weird. So, with regards to the the lore bits in this game, I, I guess we should say. Uh, 343 is at a point where there's no prerequisite knowledge that will help you. So I think, and that's something that I'm get, I've, I've mentioned it before, but you know, to fully understand Halo 5 story, you really had to listen to the podcast, which I mean was great, but you had to read the books though. Same thing for four. And it wasn't a, a problem per se, but it's just that it meant it, the game felt connected to the larger universe. It was always good, but it, it, if you weren't someone who read all the novels and interacted with all the, the cross media stuff, it would just feel empty. You wouldn't get the full conclusion. It's like, for example, the prophet, or not the prophet, oh, what was his fucking name from uh, Halo 4? The big enemy? It, he had a didact. His story ends in a comic. He's killed in a comic, right? He doesn't actually end in the game. He's, and it's in the comic. And it's just like, this. and then the comics led into what happened to Halo 5, which, if you're someone who keeps up with all this media, sure, great. That's great for you that you get sort of this cross-media uh, experience, but... If you're just someone who plays the games and you're just you go into Halo Five and you're like, what? Wait, what happened? How? Like, why are this person here? How did this happen? What? What's going on? And and that's always been the issue here. But at least here now, it's a new story. It's and and I I think honestly, I would maybe have said that they should just kill the Master Chief off at this point and do new new characters in the game. I don't. I know they won't piece for branding and whatever. But I, I think that you get it's like Final Fantasy does it. Everyone dies at the end of every Final Fantasy game, right? That, that's literally, I mean, six, no, six didn't have people die. Seven people don't die at the end. Some people die, right? But the whole cast doesn't die. But it is a, recur- a recurring thing, though, in Final Fantasy for the characters to die, right? Final Fantasy 15, this, this game's on for six years. It's not a spoiler. But Final Fantasy 15, right? Everyone dies at the end of the game. Like, it's, it's always, like, one of those things. And that series is fine with having new characters each time. So I think, honestly... Maybe I well, I'm happy with what we got here. I I think that from a lore perspective, they 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 could have done like a, a bigger reboot. Although I do think the fact that they did do a reboot is the right way to go because that the Halo Five story was going nowhere. It was it was going absolutely nowhere. No, absolutely. I think they couldn't do a hard reboot. I'm, I I mean I understand that they're sort of in a like it's hard to like kill, like Master Chief is so core to the, the to sort of to the franchise as a whole that it's hard to like get rid of him as like as a character because it feels like what what is what is Halo without the Master Chief? Like it feels from a marketing perspective, sort of a lower perspective, from like it just feels like it's hard to get rid of. So I understand why they didn't like go so drastically in that route, right? But but they did it's interesting what it did I okay, I'm not even mad about this. So uh, so the so the AI in, that you have in this game, she's she's called the weapon, right? She's also voiced by the same voice actress as Cortana. Yes, I know. Well, yes, uh, Doctor Halsey, Cortana, and the weapon all have the same voice actor, by the way. Um, so you know, I saw that in the credits. I was like, "Yep, sure is." It's like so so the so the weapon is your is your new AI friend, and you know what? 
I, I love, I, I know some people are complaining that she's annoying and stuff, but I didn't find her annoying. I just found her like charming and like very, very like, she's like trying to understand that she, like she, she's obviously like, you know, trying to figure stuff out on her. Like she's, she's like, I'm learning this as I go. Like I'm like, I'm not, I'm a new AI. I don't really know what's going on here. Like she's trying to figure out everything out. She's trying to figure out what Master Chief is. Like how, what, what, like what do you, what is, what is he trying to do? Like what, what's his plan? Like what is it? What, how does he do things? Like he's she's trying to figure all this out, and it's like it's a very interesting relationship, right? Because later we find out that the weapon was weapon's core purpose was to like kill Cortana, basically to contain her and to delete her. But she is just a clone, like a clone of baby Cortana, basically. She's like a young Cortana herself, so she's just a clone. And she's, she's trying to kill, like, that's so weird. It's so fucked up. If you think about it, like, if you think about it like that, it's just like extremely fucked up. But that's, that's what that is. And she's just out here trying to figure out. And at one point in the game, uh, there is a whole like interaction where the chief tries to kill the weapon. He, he initiates the emergency deletion se- sequence. He tries to activate that. Right, he enters the passcode to activate the deletion sequence, but uh, but the weapon stops him, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like she literally says, "What the hell are you doing?" And like, "Why are you trying to kill me? I just saved us." And, I, and like, "Why are you trying to kill me? I thought you, I thought we were friends. Like, I thought you were trusted. I thought we, you trusted me." Like it was just like, and after that, she was like, she was mad. She was like, she's like, she was sarcastic as hell after that. She was mad about that. But like that whole arc was so good. Like the like chief was chief is confused like master chief i think for the first time like in a halo game feels like a man who like who's lost like he doesn't he has no north star like he ha he just he has his overarching directive which is to protect humanity but he doesn't have like a sense of direction right like he feel it feels like a character that is like lost and you know how you w- hear whispers of cortana throughout the game i don't know if you've encountered these in story missions yet. like so you know you hear these whispers of like cortana saying things and it's like and, he, and chief is always like chief doesn't most of the time he doesn't say anything he's just like very quiet and like sometimes the weapon will ask you like how do you feel about that and he's like not and chief i think straight up one time he just asks i don't feel great about this like i don't i don't feel good like he, he like chief is not in a good place like and mentally just just not like i feel like he's just not in a good place uh so how do you feel about the whole angle of like sort of cortana sacrificing herself right sacrificing herself uh and, and then like just like what like what did her sacrifice actually achieve right and so she talked, she has the cutscene at the end of the game after you finish the final boss fight, which is the, uh, the harbinger. When you, when you kill, when you kill, finish off the harbinger, you get a, you get like this echo sort of recording of, of Cortana. This is like the full res version of Cortana, right? It's like Cortana for real. Uh, and she's just like, I did this. So you, I like, she wanted to make sure that like, like the new Cortana and, and Master Chief could learn from her mistakes and, and not repeat them, right? Like, and become stronger because of them. And like, that was, I think, a really well done. I, I, I'm I not even mad of this, like, whole recycling of Cortana, basically. 
Like they just recycle Cortana in a, in a very sort of weird and fucked up way. But I'm not mad about it because the way that this sort of sort of led to the conclusion of like the the the, the original Cortana's arc is 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 cool, and I think it it gave like, gave some sort of closure to the whole Cortana arc of the story. Like, well, how do you feel about like this whole sort of Cortana arc ending over here? Uh, I think with regards to how they how they ended up wrapping up her story, they they had to. I while I think I would have maybe picked a new AI instead of <laughs> just going with Cortana. I, I understand why they did it the way they did it, but it's. It, it, it kind of doesn't make sense in context because Halo 5 had her as like Empress of the Universe, right? And then we have this here. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you had to wrap it up somehow. So, you know, I'll take this ending over a continuation or more drawing out of it. But it, you can tell 343 was really fumbling through a lot of narrative messes that they needed to clean up to, to get there. That's true. They, it felt, it, it felt like there was a line is like, there was a line that Cortana says in this in this cutscene where it's just like, look at us. We just keep saying goodbye, don't we? But this isn't an end. It's a chance to make amends. And that's what this is, right? Like this is three four three making amends for <laughs> for 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 the mess, right? Like they're trying to fix the mess and apologize for it, basically. Like it's it's like a sort of narrative way of making amends, right? Like it's it's very, very poetic. Like so I think it's I think it what was done here was needed to be done. Uh, they didn't go as drastic as maybe some of us would have hoped, but I, I, I wasn't expecting them to do anything drastic because I, I realized this is a, a franchise that has been a lot of baggage, and it's not always easy to sort of leave all the baggage behind and to do a hard reboot. Like that's very hard, and it's very hard to pull that off as well for a series that has that is a popular and as well-loved as Halo is, right? Halo has, has been around since 2001. So, you know, it's like we're, what, 20 years? Like, 21 years into into Halo? So, like, it's, it's you know, people grew up playing this game. So it's a little, it's a little difficult to just, you know, throw it all away and, like, start, start fresh. For sure. and, and also, too, with it, it's, this game, by all accounts, like we were talking about earlier, it's a hard crash landing. So the fact that they pulled this story out of that heart of a crash landing is, I think, more of a testament to the sort of the narrative team there and what they've learned from, you know, the prior mistakes in, in four and five. Yeah, like I, they learned and they, like, they, as, as Cortana says, a chance to make amends that they took the chance and they did good on it, I think. And I think they wrapped up what they could wrap up. They, they, they gave us what they could give us with the bosses, the enemies, the, the story with Cortana, the cleaning up the Cortana act, I think was very important to me. So this is one of the things where I talk about sort of a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of like, Cortana is like very like important to me as a character from like, like Halo, right? So, and like, I remember Halo 4, like the ending of Halo 4, I was just like, I was fucked up. I was like, they're really like, oh shit, Cortana's gonna, Cortana's gonna die. Like, bro, shit, what, what the fuck, bro? Like, uh, like I was like, I remember playing the Master Chief Collection version of Halo 4, right? And this was, this was like years after Halo 4 obviously had came out. So it was like, everybody already knew about this, but I, I was playing this for the first time and I was, I got to the end of Halo 4 and I was like, oh shit, like, oh fuck, like Master Chief is gonna lose his only friend in the world. Like, bro, that's, that's depressing. And like Halo 5, I, the reason I'm angry, I was angry at Halo 5 is that it felt like Cortana was an enemy for the sake of giving her a character just to, just to bring her back. It felt 
cruel. It felt unnecessary. It felt rude. Like, it felt disrespectful to Cortana as a character to make her into this sort of monster, right? Like, uh, like, 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 it just felt bad. Like, that's why Halo 5's story is really, like, it's like the boss fight sucked, but that's not what, like, really left, like, a bad taste in my mouth. It was, like, the whole Cortana aspect. Sort of, I was just like, why you gotta do Cortana like this? If she had died proper in Halo 4, that would have been good because, like, you have, like, led to a closure of that sort of arc with Master Chief and Cortana being a thing. Like, but, with Halo 5, it was just like this, oh, now Cortana's like the evil, evil AI overlord. Like, I'm just like, why did you have to do that? And over here in Halo Infinite, they, they, they do the right thing and sort of let Cortana rest as a character. Like, let her die, for, for God's sake, right? Like, let her, let her finish her character arc and like clear, clear out all of these sort of, give the closure that everybody actually wanted from Halo 4 and put it in this game, right? Like, so years too late, but like, you know, like it happened. Like they did it. They did the thing that I wanted to do with Halo 4, which is actually end Cortana's arc. And they, they did this with Halo Infinite. Uh, so I, so I'm happy that they did that. That's, that's the one thing that's been bothering me since the sort of the, sort of the first time I played Halo 5. Like, it's been bothering me since then. So six years this has been bothering me, <laughs> honestly. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that I have some closure here for, for this fucking thing. So, you know, uh, so that's sort of, that's, that's my, that's my piece on that. Uh, so I don't know if you have any last thoughts before we like sort of wrap up uh, this episode. I think this episode's been going for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think the, to, to sum up how I'm feeling about this game, it is, it is back to what I was saying earlier, where it's like the difference between Skyward Sword to Breath of the Wild, right? Like, this is very much a game that needed to carry the legacy of the prior games to wrap it up. And But now from here, it's it's like, well, there is there is so much they can do, not even from a story perspective. I mean, just from a gameplay perspective, from a, from a sort of design perspective, and... Yeah. A technical perspective, like the engine is new, right? Like you can do so many new things, and you're not using a Bungie's old engine, right? Like you just you have so many possibilities. Like the possibilities are are endless. So yeah, or you can say the possibilities are infinite. Oh, <laughs> that was bad. Let's just wrap this up. <laughs> oh, God. That's the podcast, everybody. Oh, you did it. You did the thing. I, I set it up. I, I, I set it up. I didn't even mean to set it up, but you did it. You did the thing. I'm so happy. I legitimately, honestly, my, I'm just, like, I finished this game this morning. I was just so happy, like, that this game was, like, as good as it was. Despite knowing it's, like, very flawed still. And incomplete in, in in many respects, but despite all of that, despite all of the messy, messy development of this game over six fucking years, which is an extremely long term time in game development, so like cycle wise, like that's like the the fact that this game came out as good as it did is honestly a testament to the hard work of everybody who worked on this game. Three four three industries at every contractor shout outs to everybody you know like this this is an incredible achievement for sure and i'm I mean, this this is this is one of my games of the year along with forza horizon 5 like i i like this is the best year in video games for me in a long fucking time like this is like can you like both forza horizon 5 and halo infinite came out 
this year, and both of them were extremely fucking good. I'm just like I couldn't be happier with with the video games this year, honestly. I'm I'm just happy to have a shooter back that's good for multiplayer. That's all. Like I now have I I can I can stop playing Crucible. I just I stopped playing. Is my soul is cleansed because you know you could you can do all the all the silly stuff like shooter grenade that someone threw and fuck them up right in multiplayer if you're good enough. Like you can you you. The sandbox they've built here is so much fun. And I, I honestly have been loving the amount of videos I've been seeing. Like the one I took to you about the gravity hammer, the warthog. Like all the different shit you can do to just break the sandbox. Like I am I am here for it. We're going to get so much good content. We're going to get Halo Esports is also coming back, which I'm I'm kind of curious about. I'm, I'm like, I, I need to get into it, but I'm like... I'm like I'm keeping an eye on it. Like I want to get into that sort of side of things and see what's going on. It seems everybody's very excited. The mood around mood around the Halo community is has been. I mean, there are parts of the community that are bad. Like let's just say I don't. I don't really want to get into the toxic aspects of the community. Uh, I don't. I want to leave this podcast on a good good note. But let's just say overall. I think the response from the Hill community has been very positive over this game, right? Everybody, or even the general community, right? People in general are having fun. Like you are, I'm seeing Twitch streamers who don't, who I thought would never play a Halo game, play or playing multiplayer and having a good time with it. Yeah, exactly. Twitch streamers who don't play Halo, don't play Halo. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing like people uh, I follow on Twitch who mainly stream Destiny, uh, and they're they're just playing Halo Infinite. Like for for the PvP stuff, and I'm just like, you know, that's how you know this game is good, right? Like Destiny players are like hardcore, especially the people who stream. Like they're always playing just Destiny, and if you see them like play a different game, like Halo Infinite, I'm like, damn, okay, so now this game is actually broken through into the sort of the consciousness of like the general public more than Halo Five ever did, right? Like, that was the, one of the things about Halo Five Guardians. It felt like a game that existed, it existed, but it ne- didn't really leave a mark. On, on sort of like video game like culture basically like but i think i feel like infinite has more of a chance for sure already of leaving more of a mark than hill five ever did so you know we are in spot and and also it um the i think the last thing we'll say before we wrap up is thank fucking god ubisoft is not the only one making first person open world shooter games far cry get fucked far cry trash compared to this shit mm-hmm. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Far Cry. Fuck Far Cry. I'm never playing another Far Cry game ever again. I'm probably never playing a Ubisoft game ever again. So fuck, fuck Ubisoft. Uh, you know, for fuck them. Uh, and I, I uninstalled Overwatch, bro. I uninstalled Overwatch. I have had Overwatch installed on my PC since 2016, bro. And I uninstalled it because I was like, Halo Infinite is just more fun. The multiplayer is just way more enjoyable. I'm not getting mad at the video game, which is like, I'm just chilling. I'm having fun. This feels like, this feels like the feeling I had when Overwatch first came out. And it's just like, I'm just like really in a good place. Like this is is good. So let's, let's wrap this up. This has been not a four hour podcast. I cannot do a four hour podcast ever. Because that is just, I feel like I would die uh, if I did a four hour podcast. Like, I could do, we could do, a, a, we could do like a four hour podcast on Halo just in two separate recordings, lore. right? It would have to be two separate recordings. recordings. We could do a, we could do a lore cast basically. We could just do like talk about lore. We could talk about, we could talk about the, the books. We could talk about the TV show that's coming out, you know. Um, I hope that TV show is good. I, I don't know if it's going to be good, but you know, I hope it's good. Halo could use some good lore. Um, uh, so. 
So let's wrap this up. There's going to be a bunch of links that we're going to have, a bunch of reviews. I read a bunch of reviews, some of them more positive than others, for sure. But I recommend reading all of them. They have all like different things to say and interesting things to say about the, about the game. Uh, none of them have spoilers in it. So if you're worried about spoilers, we're not going to have any links that have spoilers in them, right? I hope we don't have any links that have spoilers in them. Okay. So all of them are reviews. We have, we have a video about... Xbox Series performance versus Xbox One performance, which we didn't talk about, by the way. We didn't talk about performance, but I would like I don't want to talk about it right now, but just go look up Digital Foundry's coverage of Halo Infinite. They have all the details. They did the breakdowns, the PC tech review, you know, Alex Battaglia going deep into fucking anti-aliasing and shit. You know, you know it. Um, so you know, you go watch those if you want to if you want to get details on performance. Uh there's going to be links about the, the 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 sort of the Bloomberg article that he mentioned about the development. Uh, there's going to be like a, a link from r slash Halo about uh, the playlists updates that are going to be happening. If you're playing the multiplayer or you're curious, you know, you can go check that out. There's also <laughs> going to be like looping back to the beginning of the podcast. There's going to be a link to the, the Halo Infinite podcast called Memory Agent on Spotify. If you want to listen to it, if you use Spotify for listening to podcasts, but by all means go ahead. It's okay, pirate that podcast. It's you can right. you can pirate that part of that podcast, you know. Get get that shit. You know, don't worry about it. You know, but yeah, th- those are gonna be the links. There's gonna be reviews, there's gonna be performance, there's other links. So you know yeah, we, this has been a good this has been a like a bingo card of a Shades of Brown episode in many ways, but it's also like it feels like an episode that has been six years in the making. Like this has been uh, it's a uh, bro. It's it feels. When was the last time we talked about a Halo game that was like a new Halo game? Like I think it was the Halo Five when the time Halo. Yeah, 5 it's came been out. it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since we talked about a new Halo game, and not not only that, but it's it's a good good video game. Uh, as always, uh, you can find me online on uh, on sadiksave.com is where all the links are, and on at packetcan at tenforward.social where I'm just talking about talking about Halo. I'm like posting some screenshots. Obviously, if there are any spoilers in the screenshots, I put them under a content warning, so you, know, you don't have to worry about me spoiling your spoiling your experience. So you know, I, I'm very careful about spoiler warnings for this game, uh, especially. Uh, so you know, I'm posting about that. Uh, you can, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, com and at Packet Canada Ten Forward on social. And just where where do people find you? So, one year of owning an Xbox Series S. I'm gonna keep this super short. SSDs are great. Literally, I don't give a fuck about anything else but the fact that I there's no spinning hard drives in my game console. Um, hard drives should be illegal for being built into computers. It should be against the law. And if you and if you if you're selling computers that have hard drives with them inside, you should go to jail. Um, anyways, chose find on Twitter, chose find dot website, and chose find at twitter dot x y z. And with that, goodbye. Finish the fight. Finish the fucking fight. <laughs> Stop. Bye. <laughs>